I'm JR. Hey, this is Coldwater. And you're here on In the Middle. Alright, so I'm going to open up today's uh, podcast with a quote from uh, George Orwell from 1984. Now I will tell you the answer to my question. It is this. The party seeks power entirely for its own sake. We are not interested in the good of others. We are interested solely in power, pure power. What pure power means, you will understand presently. We are different from the oligarchies of the past in that we know what we are doing. All the others, even though who resembled ourselves, were cowards and hypocrites. The German Nazis and the Russian communists came very close to us in their methods, but they never had the courage to recognize their own motives. They pretended, perhaps, they even believed that they had seized power unwillingly for a limited time and that just around the corner there lay a paradise where human beings would be free and equal. We are not like that. We know that no one ever seizes power with the intention of relinquishing it. Power is not a means, it is an end. One does not establish a dictatorship in order to safeguard a revolution. One makes the revolution in the object of persecution. Or, uh, sorry, I messed that up. My bad, guys. Um, one makes a revolution in order to establish the dictatorship. The object of persecution is persecution. The object of torture is torture. The object of power is power. Now you begin to understand me. And so with that being said, uh, I'd like to get started right away with talking about uh, we just bombed Syria again. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, here at In the Middle, we've been pretty vehement, vehemently anti-war, but uh, and we both, you know, predicted that the the wars in the Middle East were going to continue, right? Like, mm-hmm. we, we all knew that it was going to happen. You... JR, you knew, Shakes knew, I knew, but I guess it's just kind of disheartening uh, to see that the military-industrial complex is going to continue to do what the military-industrial complex does, and it really doesn't matter the, the administration, who's in there, I don't know, man, it's it's pretty discouraging, this stuff's been going on since we were little kids, and uh, really since before any of us were born, actually, if you want to go back into the, the 70s and then the 80s, you know, um, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm really tired of it, actually. No, frankly, I am, too. Uh, polls as reliable, as, or rather not as reliable as they are, but, I mean, overwhelmingly, Americans don't support a lot of the wars that we're in. Uh, they we support the troops, of course, but we we don't necessarily support the wars, and you know this is the part that is sad. Uh, when some of these people are talking about Biden as you know, we joked uh, all the time about our Lord and Savior Joe yep. Biden. Yeah. Um. So that being said, it's just sad seeing that. Joe Biden is going to continue to perpetuate, mm-hmm. which, you know, we, looking, we yeah, yeah it, it's obvious based on the previous track record of the Obama administration, and 
Although I think Joe Biden's trying to appease the left a little more than what maybe Obama did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean the further left. Yeah. Um, I would say that Biden is still continuing to push that agenda of the neoliberalism, the yeah. the warmongering, and is not going to get us out of any of the wars, and no. is in fact going to continue to push wars that are going to endlessly kill innocent people. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's, that's why I opened up with that quote. Um, one... Military industrial complex is its own separate entity, not controlled by anybody. It's apparent, you know, they, they are their own power. And, you know, in the last four or five years, the, uh, the deep state has become more commonplace, uh, for people to talk about and whatnot. And then... Um, you know, it's also pretty controversial when people are talking about the deep state because then it's, oh, it's, it's conspiracy. You know, if, if the right's in control, it's the left is in the deep state. And if it, the left's in control, the right's the deep state. And it, it's a bunch of finger pointing, but it, it's really obvious that they do what they want to do when they want to do it. And there's nothing really that the American people can do about it. I mean... You all right over there? Yeah, sorry. Just for whatever reason, I got hiccups that are making me like almost That's not I good, know, burp a lot. Yeah, it's like Coca-Cola maybe? Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but... Probably. Uh, <laughs> um, well, while, while JR is having technical difficulties with his body... Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> now, look, man... Uh, I think with with Joe Biden trying to appease, you know, like you had mentioned, to really kind of try to appease the far left. Um, my question is, is really where has Joe Biden been? He did a town hall, but there's been no press conference as of yet. Uh, he hasn't addressed Congress really yet. Um, I believe as of Thursday, and and shakes maybe you can look look this up for me but um i I was kind of read an article uh last night and um had seen some stuff earlier in the week that uh he was supposed to be meeting real soon but then um the article i read as of thursday night had said that uh that had been postponed indefinitely and they weren't really sure when it was going to happen so um you know, I guess just where where is our fearless leader right now? Yeah, I don't really know. I I don't really know much about where he's been. What's up? Joe Biden has not yet held a press conference as the president. Does that matter? Yeah. So USA Today, which you know, look, we've had many conversations about. I don't really trust USA Today, but again, when 
left-wing press establishments are going after left-wing politicians, I think it's a, a little bit more credible. Just like if a, if a right-wing uh, media establishment or news establishment is going after a right-wing politician, it gives it a little more credence because, you know, it's it, you're going after your own, you know. And While I would normally agree with that, I just want to point point out that excuse me that you've said in the past that um fox news going after trump makes trump part of the or excuse me not trump uh makes the media part of the left you say that again you've made the argument before that excuse me wow (laughs) (laughs) do i dare try yeah i don't know man (laughs) Um, you've made the argument before that, you know, Fox News going after, uh, Donald, Donald, Fox News going after Donald Trump makes them part of the left. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, man, uh, I bet if you did enough digging and I'm not going to torture shakes with this task, but I bet you, if you look hard enough, you'll find out that there's really like two media companies that control everything and they look man they don't care about conservatives they don't care about liberals but they're just pushing a narrative and whatever narrative uh that that they're trying to push is benefiting those few now you know it of course you have you know your Appearance of MSNBC, CBN, ABC, uh, did I say CBS? If not CBS, you got Vox, you have Fox, you have uh, OAN, you have Newsmax. But really, if you trace the money back, there's really only a couple companies. It's the same thing with insurance same thing with uh you know we were no i i i i, I want to stop you because i don't disagree with you yeah i more what i'm saying is that in the case of you know i'm just trying to point out because i love you yeah. and i don't want you to have a cognitive bias when we're talking about sure. something absolutely so you made the point that newsweek today is more left and yeah. if they're criticizing a left president that makes them a little more critical but if fox news is criticizing trump that makes them more fake news for the left and that's oh i see what you're saying no like 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 i get what you're saying on 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 the one hand right like in a principle sense like you can't you can't draw that conclusion especially because i understand you kind of perceive the world through a more right lens i don't want you to get caught in this trap like a lot of people do of criticizing you know your own but or criticizing someone else but not your own you know oh yeah no like you you can criticize someone else and you can criticize your own but to think that usa today is a right-wing establishment or i get what you're saying though yeah no definitely um and I still don't think USA Today is a very credible source. No, of course they're not. No, I, I will uh, fact check on you know Trump saying that most of the cities, most violent cities that were rioting over the summer or whatever, were all Democrat-controlled cities. And they said that's a lie. But then you get like a paragraph in, and it's pretty obvious that they are. So like. 
I'm not saying that USA Today is credible. I'm just saying, like, even that article is acknowledging that Joe Biden hasn't had a press conference yet, right? But then they follow it up with, does that matter? Well, yeah, of course that matters. It's it's the president of the United States. It's supposed to be the leader of the free world. It's supposed to be the figurehead. You know, that, I know uh, we've talked about executive orders and stuff like that before, but really the president is just supposed to be the figurehead, you know? Yeah, no, it, you're right. And he's supposed to have a little bit of check and balance towards the system mm-hmm. as a whole and how it functions and kind of direct things a little bit, but he's not supposed to have the sort of power that he has right now. Right. He's, uh, he's supposed to act quickly in times of crisis, and you can't have a time of crisis, especially in a wartime situation, right? For... Uh, 20 plus years now? I mean, September 11th happened in 2001. It's 2021. We're coming up on 20 years that we've been in this Middle East conflict. Plus, GW's daddy back in the 90s, Gulf Storm. You know what I mean? Like, look, I get it if World War III is going on, right? Like, okay, sure. But, dude, we can't be in a a state of constant crisis for 20 plus years. Like, I'm just going to call BS on that one. You know what I mean? Well, I think these are all reasons that we need to be spending money on domestic infrastructure and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, independent energy and subsidy for businesses to grow uh, our own uh, capacity to produce all these different sorts of electronic and all of these um, energy sources for, you know, electric and wind and solar and nuclear and all these different things so that we don't have to get involved in these these different conflicts abroad. We can stay at home and focus on build, building up our own and innovating and, and defending our nation and our standing as a country. I think that's yeah. what's more important. No, I, I absolutely agree with everything you just said. Um, side note, real quick. Hold your breath. Take a deep breath. Hold it. Try to swallow five times and, and see if those hiccups go away. But uh, back to your point, yeah, man, we... We are spending trillions of dollars in the Middle East for countless years now. I mean, uh, Shakes, could you look up our official debt? Um, I think we're at almost thirty trillion now. I think last year, the year before, it was at like twenty-six to twenty-seven trillion, and with uh, the amount of money they pumped into the economy last year, um, the one point nine trillion dollar. Uh, stimulus package that they just passed which i know i'm gonna let you get into in just a second um you know like at some point i guess if it's all fake then just keep pumping money out but if it's not fake right then what are we doing like texas just had uh once in you however many years storm you know uh We've had a couple of hurricanes in the past few years that have uh, wrecked the Gulf Coast, wrecked the East Coast. Uh, we've had wildfires 
destroy a lot of the interior of the country all the way from the from the west coast all the way to the interior of the country um with uh, again man I, I know we talk about it all the time but quit wasting money on bombs and spend that money here like if you're going to spend the money which they're going to and i'm not saying that's right but it's kind of like if you're going to do it and it's evident that they are could you help us out like well and absolutely this this is what when you talk about a rescue package (gasps) (sighs) this is so frustrating (laughs) they won't go away (laughs) no all right, what's uh, that, Jake? Twenty-eight trillion. Yeah, so twenty-eight trillion dollars, man. And like, when Trump became president, I was complaining about a twenty trillion dollar uh, debt. So Trump added in four years eight trillion more dollars. Like, come on, guys. All right. Well, Shakes is looking that up. Yeah, they just passed 1.9 trillion in the Senate. Um, Jr. over here is really, really having technical difficulties. Um, a hundred and two percent of the GDP is going to be the debt. Man, I you know. Time for me to put on my tinfoil hat, guys, but uh, I hope everybody that's listening has some emergency supplies, some dry food, some water, some ammunition, a couple firearms, uh, some of those, like, little neat emergency blankets that you can, you know, um, fold up nice and neat. They're small, but they'll keep you warm. Uh, probably some rubbing alcohol. And little wipes or whatever, get yourself a little kit because 102% of the GDP, dude, that's, I'm no economist, but that's not good. I, I know that that's terrible. Obviously, that's not good. Anybody who, <laughs> any, like, you, you just do some math in your head, you're just like, 102%, well, that's more than 100. That's more than right. what we do in one year. So. Yeah. Hmm, that sounds terrible. Yeah, like, does. I'm intuitively, you would be correct. It is terrible. <laughs> like, is and there it, a butt coming? No. Oh, okay. No, there isn't a butt. <laughs> no, there isn't a butt. Like, I, I, seeing, this is what bothers me. And and you know, I I talk about the left a lot because they frustrate me. I I align with them on on a lot of things, but they frustrate me when we talk about the debt because i think it's it is possible to have good social programs while also ha- having a balanced budget yeah. and and that's why i don't like the republicans because they approach it as if you can't and then spend away anyways yeah no i you I know get you. and no, and the democrats are just like yeah we're gonna spend your money you know they they tell you you're like yeah we're spending it whereas the republicans are like no we want to low, lower your taxes we're not gonna we're, spend your money and then and, and then they spend, spend your money, money. yeah exactly uh, that's why Rand paul and thomas massey are probably the only two politicians at this point uh, that I have respect for, because one Thomas Massey votes no on everything. Like 
bravo, sir, bravo. And then two, Rand Paul criticizes the Republicans and their spending almost every time he speaks. Like, if Rand Paul's on the floor, he's criticizing the Republicans and how they're spending money. And, I mean, he does that with the left, too. But, again, like, especially in politics, not even, like, media establishments at this point, but, like, specifically our elected representatives. If you're criticizing your own on principle and you're sticking with your principles, I have even more respect for you. You know, it's kind of like when we were talking about the, well, if you want to be a man of principle probably shouldn't watch you know disney plus because i have been going on about it but then this last week i guess i didn't really realize or think about i probably knew but didn't really like comprehend just how deep disney's reaches at this point with like they own hulu they own espn they own abc they own fox yeah you know like the amount of stuff that they own and that's just media companies that star we wars own. marvel yeah. national geographic yeah all that stuff disney owns and it's like like you pixar said, do they own pixar now yes oh, wow. at least i'm pretty sure yeah no they do because uh toy story is pixar yeah no i need that uh um i don't think they own dreamworks yet but that's probably on the list and at some point you know are you just not going to live life like i'm a movie junkie i'm a tv show junkie i i really do enjoy that kind of media right and it's like okay how how do we stop companies like that and it's like well i i just the boycott's not gonna do it at this point well and this is and this is where i think when we talk about institutions that get to a size this large and are allowed to compete in a way that has such a reach as disney you you the problem is is that not all those people at disney are terrible like these people that make these movies, uh, I feel like some of them are good, probably good people. Yeah, and sure they they are, they are just wanting to follow their passions and make a good quality product and yeah. and do, you know, maybe set a good example and and be successful in their careers. Like that's all admirable things. And I think when you talk about institutions as big as Disney or the government or anything like that. The problem is, is we need to continue to fight for them to change while also understanding it's a very nuanced situation. Yeah, absolutely. While also understanding that we don't support these things, we need to push for change, we need to push for a change in direction, a change in priorities, a change in how we do things, both on a social scale and an economic scale and a political scale, because all of these things contribute to the changing of something like that. Sure, absolutely. And, and so, when you talk about institutions like Disney, or Kellogg's, or the government, or anything like that we need to continue to support these institutions because obviously they make good quality products like disney makes a good product that's why disney is as big as they are when we talk about free market 
you know, pressure, right? right? Well, yeah, but then it's not... All right, so I'm glad we're talking about this because I I definitely wanted to hit the cancel culture, especially as of late. But, like, to me anyways, cancel Disney. Cancel the government. They are killing millions of people in the Middle East. They're killing people here, too. Don't get me wrong, just not on the scale that they are in the Middle East. Right. Um, Cancel Nike, dude. Cancel all of the, like, don't just cancel people, right? Like, I'll get into Dr. Seuss here in a second because he deserves an honorable mention because the media is going crazy over it. But uh, cancel these institutions, man. Like, seriously, if if you want to see an effective change, cancel the institutions. Like... Well, like, I hear what you're saying, but the problem is, is that's not reasonable. Well, I, I mean, okay. Like, when we talk about in the scope of what is actually going to happen, how we can actually effectively, uh, you know, take the reins on an individual level and, and change the direction of the country, I don't think that's a realistic, like... People are still going to go to Nike, dude. See, people are still going to watch Disney. I'm uh, still going to watch Disney. No, I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying. But, like, if you want real effective change, like, meaningful, honest change, and you want to see the world change, cancel those companies. I, I, I don't think it's that simple. I, I think there's it's a way deeper, more complex, and more nuanced subject than that. You, you on a political level, you have to create an environment where, like I've told you and we've talked about before in the sure. podcast, that that is so disincentivized. Because when we talk about market economies, right? Well, the pocketbook's what hurts the most, and so to me, it's like, well, oh, you wanna have child labor or slave labor like well we're gonna raise their prices america you gotta figure out how to do it here to get it cheap yeah and and we incentivize that of course i'm not saying hang anybody out to dry but i'm just saying the cost of shipping it from china should be more because it's made through slave labor yeah so that they have to create their stuff here and and I I don't understand why we're in a situation where we don't do that, where we we claim to. I mean, um, America is like the biggest virtue signaler in the world, <laughs> which is really funny oh, to me. Oh my god, dude! Oh man, hold on. Because Sorry, I don't even mean to cut you off. You're good. That is like probably the best thing I've heard you say on this podcast, dude. <laughs> like seriously, I'm just saying, like. We stand here, and don't get me wrong, don't confuse this for hating America, because I don't. Yeah, no, I know you don't. But the United States of America has historically tried to take a holier-than-thou stance and approach to human rights or, you know, anything like that. Mm -hmm. And the irony in that is that we partake in a lot of these different things and we have a lot of influence and power over the rest of the world and we continue to 
push these agendas and push these ideas and thoughts forward um, and actions that continue to kill, continue to perpetuate a, a culture of war and really just hurt everybody. And yeah, man, it's you were spot on when you said America's the world's biggest virtue signaling. Like everything we do here, virtue, virtue signaling. Nike, Colin Kaepernick, virtue signaling. Uh, Disney firing uh, or letting go of Gina Caro or whatever her signaling. name is. Virtue signaling, yeah. Uh, the internet trying to cancel Eminem, which good luck because they've been trying to do that since the 90s so gen z like can we pause for a second and talk about how it's in the song love the way you lie that's what they're (laughs) mad about out of all all of them out of all of them have you guys well they're see the problem is is they're too young so they don't know and they probably haven't heard the earlier uh, stuff the, the slim shady lp like that yeah yeah bro yeah his his very first album is basically about killing his wife with his daughter and dropping her off yeah yeah 97 bonnie and clyde it's okay i don't know if we can even hear you we, we could probably edit that out but uh i think we get one anyway so but um, yeah dude it's yeah love the way you lie like out of all of eminem songs that's that's the one you want to go after and it's the lyrics i'm gonna set her or i'm gonna tie her to the bed and set this house on fire yeah that's yeah but of all the lyrics that Eminem is said, or I, I mean, Cardi B just came out with a song that was WAP. Yeah. Okay. So why is that's, that controversial, but WAP is not? Women's Empowerment. Okay. Mm. It's Women's History Month, which will probably be canceled here pretty soon with the way things are going. Um, <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Man, yeah, like, and you know what? Like, Good for Cardi B and her song WAP. Like, yeah, I'm I, I not saying she shouldn't be able to do that. No, that's not what I'm saying. Should. I mean, like, absolutely. Two Life Crew back in the day, like, uh, just shake that A, B, let me see what you got. I'm pretty right. sure that was Two Life Crew. Um, but yeah, like, music in and of itself is. We've been talking about the same stuff. One of my favorite songs ever, uh, Run Around Suit by Dion and the Belmonts, right? Mm-hmm. It's basically talking about a girl being extraordinarily promiscuous, right? Women talking about uh, their husbands cheating or, you know, like... It's more in your face now. Like, as time progresses, it becomes less metaphorical and less allegorical towards things, but they're still talking about the same stuff, you know? Um, Slippery When Wet by Bon Jovi. I mean... Well, I think there's an important aspect to it where back back in Roman, Greek times, 
they were very romantic and we view that as they were being romantic the perception there i'm sure though was just that they were just being people yeah i mean and and i think the lens of a thousand or two thousand years from now might be similar yeah. is as the language the culture the social stature and social environment changes you're going to see a different perception on how we interacted socially uh in the in the past yeah so but that all that being said i th- i think it's it is funny when you talk about virtue signaling and and we talk about it a lot not not just you and i but in in the united states it's it's a big hot topic yeah uh for good reason and and it's ironic that um, the united states of america is the biggest virtue signaler <laughs> oh man i will never not laugh when you say that because it's just it's so spot on man and it's funny to me with you know, like Disney firing Gina Carano, right? Now, I went back and looked what she said. Can't say that I disagree with her. And I'm not saying, like, one, she didn't directly say Republicans were being uh, uh, persecuted like the Jews were. No, and, she and, said and, people with different beliefs. Yes. And. One, that's accurate, and two, if you look on the internet, let's say circa January of 2017, you can find all these memes comparing Trump's America to Nazi Germany, like what it's going to be, you know what I mean? Like, so, come on. And then two, the irony that she said that, and then Disney being the one who fired her for it, like... The same Disney that we've been talking about earlier with the slave camps that had the CGI slave camps out of a movie that they just put out, Mulan. You know? Like, and it's not even the good kind of irony. Like, that makes you laugh. No, 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 that's not good irony. No, it's not. Like, we talk about it all the time. We love irony. But, that's, come on, dude. That's, that's absurd. Not good. Canceling Dr. Seuss? Like. Well, and look, man, I think there is a. A duty that we have as a society to educate everyone around us that there is a context to the media of the time that it was in. Yeah. Because. So, you know, I joked earlier about Disney Plus having content warnings on their earlier uh movies and stuff like that animated films Mm -hmm. but i actually think that's probably spot on we don't censor it we don't take it off we say no this might depict something that was of its time but isn't necessarily reflect the way we should be doing things We've grown, but this is what it is. This was the product. And I think that's probably the way we should handle old media. Not take it out, not edit it. it Yeah, Yeah, no, I I definitely get what you're saying there. I mean, I guess I don't need a disclaimer before I watch something, but maybe the younger generation does. Or you could teach this stuff in school and not act like it didn't happen. 
because it's a black mark. Quit virtue signaling. Like, we were really crappy people at one point, dude. Absolutely. Th- those are and just the facts, and quit pretending it didn't happen. Well, absolutely. I think it's dangerous that we try to ignore the negative aspects both republican and democrat try to ignore the negative aspects of our society and try to hide you know their shortcomings as human beings and i think the best thing that we can do is accept and acknowledge our failures and learn from them grow from them right and i mean look if dr seuss's family or the publishing company wants to stop publishing certain works from him you know what, man? It's a free market. It's a private business. For the most part, do what you want to do, right? Now, again, these are nuanced topics that we're talking about. So uh, in one breath, we did an entire episode on censorship. Yeah. And I don't think private companies should just have carte blanche rule to do whatever they please, right? But on the other hand, you'll hear me talk about all the time, well, it is a private business, and to a large degree, they should be able to do what they want to do. But again, it's a a complicated and nuanced issue, and it's not even that the censorship is necessarily happening, right? Because we censor ourselves all the time with the F-words and... We try not. We try really hard not to swear here on in the middle podcast. Mm-hmm. But when you're censoring, not certain words, but just like whole topics, when you're censoring, for instance, uh, I believe it's right side news broadcasting or right side broadcasting. Sorry. Uh, Trump just gave his first speech since he's been out of uh, office the other day, right? Right side broadcasting got suspended on YouTube for showing it. Really? Yeah, dude. Yeah. eBay, okay, so so a little bit, reeling back a little bit. Uh, eBay banned outright the sale of the quote-unquote banned Dr. Seuss books. They won't let you sell. So, like, it's one thing if a publishing company doesn't want you to, doesn't want to publish these books anymore, right? Whatever, okay? That's, again, that's their prerogative. But for a company like eBay to just outright not allow the sale of something of a private transaction between two people yes you're using their services but the whole point of ebay when it started was for people over long distances to be able to sell each other stuff right that was the whole point of it now you can't sell things like drugs on there i believe drugs and firearms you can't sell on ebay and i i'm not a hundred percent certain on the firearms but basically everything else you can sell on eBay. No, I, 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 I'm just going to poke... I understand what you're saying, but I'm going to poke fun at you for a second. Mm-hmm. Private companies can do what they want. eBay can't block the selling of 
Dr. Seuss books. Hey, man, I, I know. Like I said before, I even said that. It's the very complicated and nuanced thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love you, dude. You're I, so funny. I know, man. Like, it, it depends on, like, really, I guess, what it is. Like, and then I can buy Mein Kampf on eBay, on Amazon. You can buy Mein Kampf. Hitler's book. Mind you, the Adolf Hitler who killed millions of Jews and almost took over the world. You can buy his book. You can buy the Anarchist Cookbook. Oh, no, Dr. Seuss. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do better. I haven't... I I can't say that I've read all of Dr. Seuss's books. To be honest with you, if his books are super racist, then okay, sure. Then I could be wrong. But I know... For a fact, Mein Kampf's racist is crap, dude. Right, I mean, obviously. He, he talks about ethnic cleansing, my dude. Like, that's what that book's about. Mm-hmm. Well, he was in prison, nonetheless. And then he, you know, almost took over the world. But I'm just saying, like, on the priority list of stuff, right? Is Dr. Seuss on that priority list? I would say no. No, personally, I don't think it is either. But, see, this is... This is also a uh, philosophical thing that I've thought about, too, is that we as a society have it quite easy. Oh, yeah, dude. We're worrying about Dr. Seuss being banned. Well, it's... We used to make we used to make jokes yeah we used to make jokes all the time about first world problems we don't I don't see those jokes so much anymore but I I do believe that we are caught in a a sea of first world problems problems that arguably in any real how do I want to say this any any place but America. Well, there are some places where you have to focus on survival. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying there are people that don't have to in the United States, but I'm saying that by and large, the United States is in even their poorest people are in a, a better position than a lot of the rest of the world mm-hmm. or uh, not so much anymore. We've the rest of the world is kind of they're catching up but there's still a good thing. yes it, it absolutely that's, that's is a great thing absolutely um but yeah I, I think that you know the united the people in the united states are are uh, uniquely privileged yeah and we i think take that for granted and try to find problems that don't really exist or are well, so minute i i don't want to minimize them all the problems because i think some of them have validity but sure. i think when you talk about scale and scope mm-hmm. i think we have our priorities a little backwards i think you know when we talk about education why aren't we updating our education to where our students are learning more about technology more about the changing world coding programming all of that stuff why is that not 
taught in our schools right now? Why are we not teaching about taxes, real-life world applications? Like, These are things that we should be updating our education to reflect what our world is like. Yeah. And, you know, these are priorities that we should be focusing on. You know, updating our infrastructure so, you know, our bridges and roads aren't falling apart. Yeah. This is where we should be focusing our priorities. Healthcare and making sure our people have a decent quality of life, no matter what way that takes shape or form. You know, right. we, we got to have a way that everybody has a meaningful quality of life. Right. Well, and it's like, to me... And we had to mention Dr. Seuss because we talk about current topics, right? Like, and this has been all over the news in the last week or two. But, I mean, really, dude, it just seems so, like, irrelevant in the big scope of things. Like you're saying, with our infrastructure, are we, have we put procedures in place? Have we stopped Nestle from draining out California's natural water basins to prevent forest fires? Have we done that in Michigan with Nestle? Um, you know, when you're you're driving through uh, 25, right, and there's a crazy heavy rainstorm, and the water's just staying there, what are we doing? What are the civil engineers doing to change these issues? You know, uh, again, we're you know, what are we doing to stop bombing the world and actually bring peace? Because let me tell you, dude, bombing for peace is like having sex for virginity. It just doesn't make sense, you know? <laughs> no, it's, you know, I think a lot of these politicians say, I think the means, or the ends justify the means, right? And, and I don't know if that's necessarily the case. You know, I, and that's a, a very philosophical question, right? Do, do the ends justify the means? And at least from my perspective, and, you know, I would be willing to debate anybody about this anytime, but I don't think you can really point to a single point in history where atrocities have happened to ever, the ends never justify the means, in my opinion. Like... Well, no matter what way you look at it, even though there's a good thing that comes out of something, maybe. Because we could argue the droppings of the atomic bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima Mm -hmm. were arguably the best things that could have happened in human history. I could argue that. And say... And say, and I'm not saying this is how no, I feel, I but I'm just playing wanna, yeah, dev- no, devil's advocate. This. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hear it. Ever since the bombing of Nagasaki and Hiroshima, no war has been fought on the scale that World War II was fought on, where we had as many deaths per nation and per population. The bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki proved that fighting wars at that scale and playing games with weapons that everyone has pretty much already developed prevented anybody from wanting to push the button. And so now we've had largely 80 years of peace, and I know we talk about war all the time, but 
really, when you objectively look at it, compared to the rest of our history, it's been peaceful. The world history. And since since World War Two, yes, you're saying okay, yes, okay, yes. Um, and s- specifically since the bombings of okay. Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Okay, so objectively speaking, I think you might have a point. Um. I guess to counter that, that could have all been avoided after the First World War if the Treaty of Versailles didn't happen. That's one. And two, that could have, again, all been avoided if we didn't have a leader that wanted us to be sucked into World War II. Just keep in mind, historically speaking, even though we do virtue signal, we really did not care about what Hitler was doing. At all. I wouldn't say that's necessarily true. I, mean, uh, I think people- it, Shakes, look it up. I think it was 13% of people in the United States were in favor of going to World War II. I understand that. So but that's I, 87% of the people on the inverse of that were not in favor of going to war. Right, but there were people that supported Hitler in the, the United States. Oh, yeah. George Bush's granddaddy uh, was tried for war crimes. So another political family. Uh but my point is, like, we basically let Pearl Harbor happen. It could have, like, I guess my whole point is, and I, I do get what you're saying, like, yeah, the, the world largely had, like, everybody's afraid to push the button because we're all dead. Mutually mm-hmm. assured destruction is a very real thing, right? Yep. I'm just saying, like, I don't believe that the bombs needed to be dropped to begin with. No, no. And, 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 and I know, and I know I you, we preface this whole conversation, and I said, you know, I, I would bite because I, I do love arguing, especially about history. And in this context, there were a lot of things that, had they have happened, we didn't need to bomb Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Oh, no. no like... Even if you dropped them, like, 30 miles off the coast, right? Like, you can see a nuclear bomb explosion for 30 miles. Okay. You see that? All right. We're going to keep going. Now, to be fair, they didn't surrender after we dropped the first bomb, right? Like, we had to drop... How many bombs were dropped? I think it was two. It was just two? It wasn't five? We dropped one on... Yeah, they didn't surrender. I think it was Hiroshima first, first, then then Nagasaki, Nagasaki, and then we threatened a third... Yeah. Yeah, and then they said, okay. Now, to be fair to the people at that time, I don't know what you do with an enemy that you just, like... I've seen videos of nuclear bombs going off, dude. That's that's nuts. And you didn't surrender after the first one. We dropped the second one, and you almost didn't surrender after that. Like I, I don't know what you do with that enemy, right? Like the Japanese were an extraordinarily prideful and powerful little tiny nation. 
but man, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I, I do, I do agree with what you're saying. Like, yeah. We, but man, it just like looking into again with the tinfoil hat perspective that I always try to bring to the table. Um, there's just a lot of conspiracies surrounding that. It, it, like, again, I, I don't think it needed to happen, but. It's always easy for us in the future to look back at past generations and then judge them with our standards and say, well, I don't think that needed to happen. I wasn't around in World War II. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it could have been totally necessary. Well, so, and neither of us fought the World War II Japanese. Yeah. So, no. like, it's easy for us to sit here and talk about, well, the military says that the japanese were very ruthless yeah and it's easy for us to talk about that and say that but we don't know what it's like to be there fighting in a plane or fighting hand to hand or shooting at each other not knowing if you're gonna see your loved one ever again so you know uh take it with a grain of salt yeah (laughs) no definitely and Okay, well, so mean, Shakes just told us that the Japanese didn't completely surrender till the 70s. Well, technically, yeah. Uh, I, I, need, I need this to be elaborated on. Um, well, there was, like, troops, basically, fighting in a... Oh, in the jungles? In the jungle. Yeah, that they didn't... Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what's funny is, uh, they, so yes, I have heard about that. I, I forgot about that. But uh, for those of you familiar with Archer, I don't know if you ever watch Archer. Or oh, not, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> he actually ends up on that island. <laughs> so they were a, uh, like a regiment sto- uh, yeah, the, hold, held out at the island. Yeah, they, they weren't told that the war was over. Uh and again, folks, for the younger people that are listening that may not understand, because we've had great communications in, in, since the 80s, 90s, especially the 2000s. Like, everybody's got a cell phone in their pocket. Can call anyone in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Back then, though, they one. They didn't really have telephones in all the places in the world. And two, you most certainly couldn't make international phone calls. Like, that that wasn't a thing yet. So, you know, uh, I really try to look at history through, like, kind of like through an objective lens, right? Like you said... And like we talked about last week, even when I had said, uh, you know, people were basically bad. And then I went on this long tirade and then I kind of walked back to that after, you know, sometimes you just got to go through a thought process and then you're like, you know, never mind. I digress. Good things have happened since we dropped that bomb. I mean, yeah, I think it's I will be critical on this whole Cold War thing. Like, I thought that was silly. I. I really think we could have uh, tried to pursue peace with the Russians to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Uh, no, maybe we tried. Uh, I really don't not. think so. No, uh, it was Winston Churchill's Iron Curtain speech. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but after the war, Winston Churchill basically went on a college speech tour, right? <coughs> you're right there. Yeah, I, I gave you my hiccups. Yeah, no, I, I swallowed some spit. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Shakes, look up uh, what college. Look up the Iron Curtain speech. I want to know specifically where it was that he gave it. I know, I know the context of it, but he basically said, "Beware of uh, the evils behind the Iron Curtain of communism." Right. Mm-hmm. And at the time, this was this was before the CCP, of Fulton, course. Missouri. Fulton, Missouri. Yeah. So he was doing. Uh, a bunch of speeches in the United States, okay? And basically, I believe Stalin was still in charge at the time, got got word of the speech, and it, it really kind of became communism versus the West, right? And uh, what year was that, Shakes? Uh, 1946. So... Very shortly after World War II ended, Churchill gave this speech. And so I would say that, no, we never really tried to secure peace and make the world a better place. Like, yeah, communism and capitalism diametrically are opposed, right? Yeah. Maybe we could have came somewhere in the middle to where we actually had a lasting peace in the world, though. You know, that that's the whole point of the United Nations, right? Is like to to build a long-lasting world peace. Right. And, uh, you know, it's very... We're still... You know, I guess my biggest problem, to, to kind of bring it back, because we have gone way off of where we were at, but... Uh, my biggest problem with the wars in the Middle East is it's a proxy war between Russia and the United States in the Middle East and in Africa. Somewhere along the way, they said that I don't know if there was a, a literal like two dudes in a room saying, OK, well, we're going to have this war, but we're not going to do it in Russia and we're not going to do it in the United States. We're going to meet in Africa. And that's going to be our battleground. I don't know that that meeting actually happened per se. Right. But if you look what's going on in the Middle East, that's exactly what it is. Not in my backyard, dude. The Russians don't want war there. We certainly don't want war here in the United States. England doesn't want war there or in Western Europe. So... We have decimated Africa for the past 80 years, basically, since World War II ended. Well, yeah, because who cares about brown people? (laughs) Oh, man, I'm not laughing because I think it's funny. It's just the way you said it. It's (laughs) it's funny because it's true kind of thing. Like, like really, uh, that's that's really what it is. Like, if you want to get down to brass tacks... Largely since, you know, we started going to Africa, 
uh, at least the colonizers, right? Started going to Africa and buying slaves from uh, the peoples there. I've kind of been like, well, there's black and brown people are subhuman. Like, and that's not my thought. That's like literally, they wrote books about this for a very long time about how black people weren't actually humans. I think. Look up the black people in the zoo, Bryce. I want to say mid-1800s, they had uh, African people in zoos at the World Fair. Yeah, no, that's the thing, right? Yeah, black people on display, the forgotten history of human zoos. Yeah, that's, it was a real thing, guys. Like, 1870s. Oh, I was I was pretty close. And continued to be popular into the twentieth century. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's what a thirty K uh bachelor's degree gets dude. you. It's that kind of knowledge. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying no, like, this this actually happened. This is why this is why Africa is a battleground. Right. Yeah. You know, you were absolutely spot on with your statement. Yeah, which is sad. I don't want to be right about that. No, no, like yeah, no, that's no, it's not. But <laughs> and then this is the kind of stuff, right? Like uh not even to like uh to get down on you and shakes right because i spent like six and a half years in college on a four-year degree so my dad says all the time i should be a doctor at this point but uh i digress i didn't learn this stuff in high school i didn't learn it in middle school and i didn't learn it in elementary school i had to learn it in in college right yeah this is the kind of stuff they should be teaching like Yes, we should be ashamed of this. We really should because it's disgusting. And I don't know any human being that can actually read this stuff, watch some of the videos that they've compiled about this stuff, like the uh, primary documents and stuff, and not like get teary-eyed, right? Like it hurts me fundamentally, right? But this is the kind of stuff that you have to teach. So that way we don't repeat ourselves. And this is why I'm so adamant, and we've talked so many times about this war in the Middle East and this war in Africa. Mm-hmm. We, and I don't know if it's intentional or not, but the Middle East is kind of like this. We call it the Middle East because it's like towards Asia, but kind of like more towards Africa. But like physically speaking on the map, it's not its own continent. It is part of Africa. And then you get into, like, uh, Pakistan borders India, so that's where you kind of get, like, this Middle East, right? It's kind of yeah. like the Midwest uh, for Michigan, and we'll fight as much as you guys want to about Michigan being the middle Midwest. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, like, we're Midwest here in Colorado. Like, this yeah, is so Middle it, West. Yeah. I'll get on that history lesson in just a second. Let me finish this up. Uh <laughs> no, I know why. No, I know, called. I know, I know. I know you guys do. I was just giving you a hard time. No, but seriously, uh 
I really do think we call it the Middle East on purpose to kind of make it so that way it's just not Africa. You know what I mean? Like, so that way people are like, oh, well, it's the Middle East. We're not bombing Africa. No, we're, we're bombing Africa. Not only are we bombing Africa, we have... Shakespeare, you're probably going to have to fact check this for me, but I believe we have bases in 91 of the 92 African nations. I believe that. I mean, I, I know I'm right. I just want to have, you know, certified fact checking. So that way somebody can't be like, oh, well, you know, uh, it was actually 87. Man, it's sad, dude. We're like twenty nine U.S. bases in Africa. No. Really? They're lying. Where are they? Well, twenty nine is substantially lower than. Uh, I mean, that's still a pretty large footprint, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude, Ron Paul was talking about this back in 08, though. We're, we're in most African nations. Like, we... I could be wrong about the quote-unquote military bases, but it, we're involved in all of the countries, basically. And because I wanted to be fact-checked, I will reel back what I said. 29 out of 91 nations. We have bases in. I said 91 of 94. Okay, see, uh, how many places in Africa have conflict going on in it right now? Oh, Andrew using Google? God, I hate you guys. I'm just messing, Shake. Don't stop with your F-bombs, bro. I'm giving you a hard time. Hurt your heart. Hurts my heart too, bud. But on a different topic, yeah, the Senate just passed this coronavirus relief bill. Yes, yes. Tell us about this now. Um, now that you got your hiccups gone, gives us a fourteen hundred dollar check for anybody who makes um, seventy five thousand dollars or less, uh, or hundred and fifty thousand dollars as a couple. Cutoff is at eighty thousand dollars, and it's a hard cutoff at eighty thousand dollars and a hundred and seventy thousand, or maybe sixty-five, something like that. But yeah, so they they pass that. It has to go back to this the uh, house, yeah, and yeah. So it's looking like. We probably will be getting these $1,400 Stimmy checks. And I'm just saying, dude, call me Stimmy Turner because it's fairly odd how I'm about to get this $1,400. Oh, man, that's hilarious. Um, So I guess what I want to know, and if you don't have the answers, I'll put Mr. Shakes on it. Um, Uh, By the way, there's, uh, as of 15, 15 countries with active armed conflict yeah. in sub-Saharan Africa. And literally all these countries are countries that we're... We have bases. 
you don't say. Could you look up, um, and then we'll get back to the stimulus thing. Uh, could you look up Ron Paul talking about having 91 bases in Africa? Just, I swear to God, I could have heard that quote. And maybe, maybe I'm uh, thinking of something else, but I, I could have swore the great Dr. Paul talked about uh, – having a bunch of military bases in Africa. You're more than the 29. Okay, so this is from uh, 2012. What's Dr. Paul saying? Looks like he says 900 bases in 130 countries. Okay, so yeah, that's... That's what I, I got my numbers mixed up as I normally do. That's why, uh, you know, we don't do simple math in our heads anymore on the show because I'm never right. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you can talk about fission all day, but you can't talk about dude. Math. Math's hard, bro. Unless it's you, you add an x and a y and a, like a square root in there, and then I'm your guy. But like five plus five, no, that's eleven, right? I'm kidding. I know that's ten. <laughs> <laughs> bro but yeah man so like with this stimmy i uh personally i think that's the right thing to do i think direct payments to people um it should have always been direct payments to people absolutely um i think that's the way to go i think that I'm glad they didn't pass it with the $15 minimum wage, not because I don't agree that the minimum wage needs to go it, up. It doesn't, it doesn't belong in this. this. That's a separate... Yes. That's a separate thing. No, yes. and... Uh, at the last STEMI package that they passed when we got the $600, uh, they gave the CIA or FBI or... I don't know. Um, whatever department does the UFO thing, they they had a hundred days to release all the information they had about UFOs. Right? Wholeheartedly believe that that's a good thing, but I'm not sure it belongs in the stimulus package. That's just me, though. Uh, so. The $1.9 trillion stimulus package. So other than the $1,400 stimulus, because I know at $600 it was um, the last one they passed, we should have gotten 2700 bucks with the money for this. I think that was like $800 billion, right? The last one. Something we, like that, we yeah. Did, we did a whole podcast on it. Our first podcast, actually. What's it going to this time? Yeah, let's see. Shakes, shakes, put one point nine trillion spending package. Uh, one point nine. One point nine trillion dollars. You know what I could do with one point nine trillion dollars? Bill breakdown. Do bill breakdown. I don't know what I could do with one point nine trillion dollars, but I would sure like to find out. Do you, um, not that one. The one right below, right there. Yeah. USA Today fact check. Yeah, well, I'll go back anyway. Screw them. 
Um, due why, to that one right there. Why yeah. does the news want us to pay them? Screw those guys. I'm just kidding. But seriously. Okay. So the stimulus checks only cost four hundred and twenty-two billion. Okay. Extended unemployment with four hundred a week. Oh, but this was the House one. The Senate one has three hundred a week. Okay. Which probably is a little less than the two hundred and forty-six billion. But they're expanding childcare tax credits and earned income tax credits for one year. Um, multi-employer pension plans and single employer pension funding rules, which I think is a good thing. Sure. Uh, expanded uh, ACA subsidies for two years and subsidized 2020 and 2021 coverage. Extend paid sick leave and employment retention credits. Subsidize COBRA coverage. Repeal rule allowing multinational or corporations to calculate their interest expenses, including foreign subsidies. Say that one more time. So it's going to repeal rule allowing multinational corporations to calculate their interest expense expenses, including foreign subsidies. Subsidiaries. Subsidiaries, sorry. Subsidiaries? Yes. English. So it's going to... It? Yeah. It's, well, that's going to make us money. Okay. Twenty-two billion. Okay. Um. What else do we got, boys? Provide money to state governments. Provide money to local governments, territories, and tribes, and create paid COVID leave for federal workers and other policies. Um. Funding for K twelve education. Funding for colleges. Increase the federal minimum wage, which this is the House one. Okay. Um, so I don't know, can we find the Senate one? But I'm sure... In the article? Like, go all the way to the end of the page. Or is this only covering... Well, the title says the the house. house. Yeah, okay, sorry. I can't read today, apparently. But... Yeah, that's not what we need. Screw that. NBC. But yeah, so... I mean, I think... Largely, most of the stuff in there is probably a good thing. But then there's obviously going to be some stuff that's shady. Super shady. Well, I'm just saying the last one, we broke down quite a bit of the stuff. Not all of it, of course. mm Mm-hmm. Does this one seem slightly better than the than the last one? Yeah, I will definitely give you that. And it does sound like there is some good stuff in there that should be funded. But man, just there was so much bad stuff in the last one, and it seems like there's probably going to be a bunch of bad stuff in this one. And only time will tell, right? Because that. That stuff normally does come out. Um, I just... I don't know, man. I I don't have faith that they're going to do the right thing. Because, like, $13 million went to, you know, the Pakistani gender studies. So... Yeah. And 
I know I talk about that one a lot, but my personal favorite is the uh, the lizards on treadmills on cocaine. I think something like that. Yeah, I yeah. like the Asian carp. Yeah, the Asian carp one was pretty good too. Like, what? Come on. Again, like, probably, probably should like it's important information to have, right? Not saying that it's not, but again, man. The, Right now? Well, when we're talking about COVID relief and the economy bouncing back and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, we need another COVID relief bill. Yeah. Like, it's obvious. And and when we talk about, um, you know, being number one or setting the example, I think that's where one we're, we're, one example where we didn't do justice to the American people. Because when no, we, we talk about... I mean, yeah, we can fund K through 12 or we can fund these things, but what about I – f- I feel like just the money back in people's hands would probably be just the, the best, best thing. thing ever. That's why I'm against the income tax because, like, people know how to spend their money better than the government does. Again, counting Asian carp in a time of a pandemic. Pick and choose your battles. That wasn't one that needed to be fought right now. So, yeah, people absolutely do need the COVID relief, though, especially because the government effectively closed everything down. Well, and you look at all the other countries, and all the other countries who are poorer than us are able to give their citizens monthly paychecks, subsidies, to pay for their basic needs. And, like... When you talk about people that have been laid off, their industries have been destroyed by COVID. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, dude, I was laid off by COVID. So, yeah, I like, I legitimately do understand, like, yes, people do need help. Put it in their hands. Seriously. Yeah. You know, uh, one last thing, Shakes, um, because I really don't have too much more. No. But uh, look up... How much those bombs cost that Biden dropped the other day and and how many of them were dropped. And that, my friend, is why we can't have good COVID relief packages. Oh, because probably each one of those bombs costs a trillion dollars? No, not a trillion. Probably a billion, though. Guess we'll find out. I guess we will. I mean, they could have spent a trillion total in the bombs, but I don't. No, they're not shooting off trillion-dollar bombs. Yeah, like, that's... That's so crazy. I know the Tomahawk cruise missiles that Trump set off in 17... Uh, those, I believe, were like 1.5 mil apiece. Yeah, because then that's... Bomb goes boom. (laughs) Big boom. I bet you they're going to try to feed us some cockamamie story about how there was no civilian casualties either. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. And again, uh, that article was... uh, Was talking about... um, you know, they're Iranian-backed uh, militias. But it's like, man, you can't get bombed if you're not there to get bombed. 
<laughs> Did you see the meme? You know the uh, oh, what is that dude from where he's uh, pointing his head? No. You don't know who that that guy is. I don't think you so. You know what meme I'm talking about? Where the dude's just like uh, pointing to his his head, and then it'll say something. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Can't be bombed if you're not there to be bombed. <laughs> Also can't be bombed if you don't supply them with the bombs to bomb you. Right. Nothing shakes. Yeah, I'm looking too. I can't find nothing. It won't even tell us. Fifteen strike eagle warplanes dropped seven precision bombs. So. Seven precision bombs. Yeah, they ain't gonna tell us. Oh, and the reason why you guys aren't really hearing shakes today is because we left it the uh, the microphone at home. So about four, yeah, about forty thousand. So between fuel, the cost of the thing, you're probably talking like nah. You you're talking way probably more because like the jet the jet costs like a billion. Just <laughs> like the jet. Yeah, but itself. okay, okay, but I don't. All right. To be fair. Yeah, we already had the jets. Yeah, but how much? <laughs> still gonna keep using what, the jets. How much is the jet? Or what kind of jet was it? F fifteen. Oh, F fifteen is probably like a bill a piece. Probably cheaper. Bill seems like a lot. I mean, a million's a lot too. Who am I kidding? Hundred eighty thousand dollars just for the mis- or the missiles. The and you know, man, that's that seems really low, but they were from an airplane and probably eighty-seven point seven million for one F fifteen. Oh, that's it's actually substantially cheaper than what I thought, though. Yeah, I mean, still a lot. Don't get me wrong. You're eighty-seven million dollars. Like, you know, could do a lot with that money, but. Uh, so he didn't use like. But every hour they burn eight thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, naturally, naturally, that's in fuel, right? Yeah, and just like operating costs. Yeah, sure. The mm. most expensive military aircraft is a B two Spirit uh, Spirit bomber, which yeah. costs two point two billion. B two, because they don't show up. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that the uh, Isn't that the plane from Warzone that drops you off? No. Oh, my bad. So um, don't look at me. I know some things, but no, I don't know a lot. of No, it's it's the advanced UAV. Oh, okay. Those cost two point two billion? Oh that is the advanced UAV. Nice. Or nope, that's not the Blackbird. Yeah, right. but well. <laughs> if we're if we're sitting here talking about uh you know different kinds of planes and stuff, so it doesn't really sound it doesn't sound like they use like the super sweet Tomahawk cruise missiles, right? No. Uh, no. But uh that's still quite a bit of money, and again, if we weren't selling these people weapons to begin with, yeah, sure, let the Russians or somebody else sell them weapons. Okay, I don't. Well, we. I don't understand why it has to say "Made in USA" on it. Like, well, because we profit. That's the problem. That's the military-industrial complex at work. It's is right. it makes us money. Yeah. No, I. Hey, again, I understand it gets us money, but like. 
I agree with you. I know I, you do. I'm just trying to word this in a way because, like, again, it's like it's almost like it's all over the place. But by no means is military-industrial complex a private business. Only in the sense that it guarantees companies like Boeing and uh, oh, what's that other like Halliburton, and then there was one more really big one. It's kind of irrelevant though. Uh, you know these guaranteed contracts. And we're giving it to our enemies. Like, if we're selling these weapons to our allies, okay, sure. Like, I don't really, I guess, have an issue. But your ally could always become your enemy. So then again, you know, who knows, man? I don't know. I'm just tired of arming different factions in different places and then then watching it bite us in the butt because, let's be real here, it's not fun to have war if they're not firing back, then it just looks like genocide. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even laughing because it's funny. I'm just laughing because it's true. I know that's right, dude. I know that's right. So, I guess with that, man, you know, the war continues. Yeah. Well, we appreciate everyone for listening. And, yeah, thanks, uh, guys. Yeah. I'm Jer. Hey, this is Coldwater, and uh, good luck and good night, America. You're going to need it.